This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. It seems like ages since I've seen you. <laughs> Apart from you were at my house last week, which was so lovely. <laughs> How was your weekend? It was so good. We had uh, a mountain bike orienteering competition, a family fun day at Onipu Bike Park, uh, this weekend and it was we must have had 70 people maybe 12 teams and it was so much fun how was yours it was good i have finished i'm going to calling it finished the fence that i'm built to try and keep the chickens out of parts of the garden rather than trying to keep the chickens into part of the garden good luck with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. i've got chickens <laughs> And who are we introducing today? It is my great pleasure to introduce Jet Grishinsky. Jet is a student at Otago University studying arts and commerce uh, and is also standing for mayor and council at, uh, for the upcoming local body elections in Dunedin, which is really interesting. Jet, it is so lovely to have you with us today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Welcome, Jet. Jet, we started at the start of lockdown. And, of course, now we've just finished. we come out of traffic lights. Um, so we're going to have to start asking new questions eventually, but we'll, st- we'll stick with the old ones for a while. Yeah. How was your bubble life? And then how was your traffic light life? Bubble life, was that was quite interesting. I mean, especially when it first started. Um, I, I was still at my final year of high school um, uh, up in Tauranga, and it's it was, I guess it it kind of took everyone that I knew uh, by surprise. Um, but, yeah, it was – I think that a lot of good kind of came from it. Like, um, I think I kind of got into my own space a bit and kind of got significantly more productive. And me and Dad had some nice family time throughout the, the six-week period, yeah. Did you feel as though you missed out on your last year of high school? I mean, not – not really. I mean, to I mean, certain things. I suppose there wasn't the full year, but um, I, I think I still ended up with the majority of things that usually happen. It was just a little bit different, I suppose, the the new normal. Yeah. And was that in Dunedin? No, no, that was that was up in Tauranga. Yeah. And so, how did they deal? Did you sit? Was the NCA? But that all happened that year? Yeah, so that year they um, reduced the university entrance requirements to, I think, you 
ever so slightly the I think you needed 12 credits in three university approved subjects and it was yeah I mean that that took off some of the stress and I think they reduced some of the um requirements and um I guess they I think I don't think we ended up having mocks that year either um it was just the full-on NC NCA final exams and they yeah, they tried to. I remember my school in particular. They were they were trying to do a lot to to accommodate us, but I guess it was a big learning experience for all of us. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then down here as a student, and the disruptions continued. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, when I for, well when I came down here at the start of last year, uh, my mum's been um, down here for quite some time, so I've been coming to and from Dunedin for for a while. Um, but I think we. We had a week um, in Dunedin, and that pretty much just had that. And then we moved to level two. So my first day at university was then immediately put put online, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, which was kind of an interesting <laughs> experience. And then, of course, the um, the next lockdown, um, which was uh, I think it was quite good. I was I was just living with mum last year, so uh, again, it was it was quite quite good actually um i guess tired time with the family and just being a bit more focused and what are you studying i'm studying philosophy politics economics and finance so what led you to that um i suppose when at the final year at university i uh, no, sorry at high school um we i was kind of I was quite torn on exactly what I did because throughout high school I was I always took the sciences. I did physics, chemistry, and I did some coding as well. Um, and I was very much looking at engineering for the longest uh, time. And then it was really with my careers counselor. She kind of thought that I'd get bored based on the things that I'd said, and she gave me every university's book, and I just kind of started going through them all. And the only one that really was the one that kind of just seemed the most interesting and kind of was just staring right at me was the uh, philosophy, politics, and economics because Otago is the only university which offers um, that major as one, yeah, uh, yeah, that that combination as one major, which was interesting. And then I I kind of always had an interest in finance, so I decided to. <laughs> go down that route, which was, which has been really interesting. And I've, I've really enjoyed the degree. So you're still getting the maths, but with a, a heavy dose of humanities in it as well. Yes. Yes, exactly. I mean, finance admittedly is a bit different to what I originally thought. I kind of thought it was more accounting, but, um, the financial side, I guess it's, it's been quite, it just, it's been a lot of calculus. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Which has been quite, um, Ah, which has been quite good for me, but I know some other people who um, came into the major not realizing that, and it was—it's been a little bit, yeah, uh, tough for them. But yeah, <laughs> let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Layla, the acoustic version of the Unplugged. Eric Clapton, why this one? Um, well, I've, I've just always loved the song, and I, I play some guitar myself, and I, I've been continuously trying to uh, to learn to play the song. It's just I don't, ever since I first listened to it, it just I, I just vibe with it. <laughs> 
So, Jet, I asked how studying 
philosophy, politics, economics and finance came about. And now you're putting some of that into practice. How did that come about? Um, well, there's kind of been a variety of uh, different uh, things. Uh, I mean, I've always been interested in community work. Like uh, I've always done my volunteer work and trying to help out the community any way that I that I kind of could. Um, and I guess the there were, yeah so there were a few reasons why i decided to run which was um i've got um it's kind of to bring that youth representation and a, a youth candidate to the table as well as i've got my two sisters who have been here and they've identified some issues as well so it was kind of creating a better place for them to grow up in and there there had just been a couple of issues which i i've seen just while while talking with the community and just talking with students where I thought that they should be addressed. And um, yeah, I, then I decided to take a, yeah, take a stand and um, decided to run. And how's it been so far? Um, it's been quite an interesting experience. There's been uh, these ups and downs. It's um, been quite a, it's been a steep learning curve, I suppose. No one, no one quite tells you how to do it, but I, I've loved all the work that I've been doing with talking to everyone about what, what they think needs to be done in the community. And I guess my my community involvement, whilst I've always had it, I guess it's never been quite to this level when I've been trying to talk to as many people as, as, I, as I can and just trying to help out, yeah, any way that I, that I, that I can, yeah. When someone puts you on a spot about something that you've never heard of before, where do, what do you fall back on? What's what, how do you answer those sorts of questions? Oh yeah, no, that's been that's been quite interesting because of course um, me not being an incumbent councillor, of course I I don't I'm not aware of the full situation. So there have been a couple of times, especially at these forums, um, and I just been, been quite honest and just say that I'm not fully aware of the situation. I I feel like it, I I didn't want to make up some kind of an answer where. I made up something on the spot because that's not genuine and that that's not what you should do. Like I just said what I knew about the situation and said that I'm not fully, yeah, that I, I don't really, I don't fully know the situation and just, just try to acknowledge that I, I don't know everything, <laughs> which I don't think any of us do. <laughs> do you have a set of values that you would be using in, in, in addressing things that you haven't come across before? Cause you can't have answers for everything. No, like, uh, well, what do, what do you mean by that? Like, well, if you if if when you were sit, sitting on a council table, something comes up that you haven't like got in your election manifesto, so you haven't got a pre-thought out answer for it. Where do you go to for answering those sorts of questions? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it's, I guess it's been just just making sure that. Um, I'm genuine and honest and just kind of, uh, I guess I always go and research after, after whatever comes up just, um, and I suppose if something were to come up at the council table, that it would just be making sure that I, I research and full, I'm fully aware of the situation before, you know, um, coming to a vote on something, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So why do we need youth candidates? Well, I, I think it's about um, having that representation for for all the groups uh, um, in the community. That um, especially because in Dunedin we've got a youth population of I think it's 
Oh, actually, student just within the university and polytech community, we've got twenty five thousand people, which is a very significant number. And just making sure that we are actively engaging, and if we've got someone on the council who is, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, who's trying to, I guess, make sure that those issues aren't going unheard, and that's been one of the biggest things in my campaign was just trying to make sure that every group in the community is, is being heard and just trying to actively engage with them. So I know that Mawira has been going to um, candidate meetings. I presume yeah. you are too. How's it going? Yeah, um, it's been it's been quite quite the experience. Um, I remember the first um, forum that we had, which was at OUSA. It was the mayoral forum, and I was terrified, <laughs> uh, to, to put it the least. Um, I, yeah. Um, I spent the entire day just stressing about it. Actually, I spent pretty much the entire two weeks prior to it stressing about <laughs> it and trying to come up with how I was going to, um, uh, I guess, um, yeah, respond and just how I was going to speak. Um, and then, uh, then when I got there, though, uh, especially for that first one, um, one of the other candidates, um, Sophie Barker, um, she's... I met her like about two months prior to, to me deciding to stand because we, uh, my partner's uh, a fashion student of the Polytech and we went there um, and uh, she was the person sitting next to me. So I guess there was a familiar <laughs> face there, which which was nice. Um, yeah. And I had talked to, been trying to talk to a whole lot of counselors prior to me standing as well, which was good. So there was, there was kind of that familiar, familiar people, which kind of made it easier um yeah it's i mean of course there have been times where i've completely stumbled and um uh, i suppose not not done my not put my best foot forward but that that just happens <laughs> um but yeah it's been interesting with some of the other candidates it's um i guess some sometimes just some of the issues are i guess there's a very diverse set of views there which um some people you can quite easily politically align with slightly, but um, some of the others you, you can see that they're very, very different to you, and it's been, it's been quite yeah interesting. And I guess it, I guess some of the some views that come out aren't the easiest things to to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> Do you prepare and practice? Uh, you're opening. Presumably, yeah. in most places, you'd get a minute. To, to yeah, yeah, introduce so yourself or something kind of ranged um there have been i think we've had a minute at one of them and then we've had i think i had there was one where i had seven minutes um to, to speak which was quite um which, which was significantly longer so i guess the speech kind of gets tailored depending on on how long it is so it's it's more or less the same thing but um it can be longer or or shorter um we had a forum the other day where naturally I've realized if they, if candidates aren't told to stop, they, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, like we had one the other day where I think it was five minutes um, that we were meant to have. So I think we started off well with five minutes and then uh, next minute uh, the, 
the next candidate has has been speaking for the next eight and a half minutes and <laughs> had no intention of stopping until it was finally called. <laughs> Yeah. So is your is your talk changing over time? Are you, are you learning stuff as you go along? Yes, yeah, yeah. No, I, I do think that, um, especially because there are a lot of people with good ideas, and um, I feel like everyone's speech and talk has changed somewhat because, I guess, you've now got a group of people who have also been engaging with the community and trying to figure out what 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 needs to happen. So I guess. In certain ways, you can you can see and agree with certain things that other candidates are saying. Yeah, Moera, is the same for you? It is. It um it you get you kind of oh what I find what I found really interesting lately actually is that um in terms of climate change like that that's been my quarter all the way through climate yep. change and it wasn't for my you know, for the fellow candidates, but all of a sudden everyone's become a great champion for climate change. And I find that funny. I find oh. it awesome if I wasn't worried that it was not genuine. And so, yeah, that, that's been kind of... What's been the thing that surprised you most? Well, actually, to be honest, that that exact thing I've just found completely surprised me as well because um, we, we had that in um, Dunedin. But one of the biggest things that I've been campaigning on is just the representation for all that just every person is being uh, represented and making sure that we've got more consultation and teaching people how they can get engaged um, with, with local body politics. And it, it was funny because I think now it, over half of the candidates have that as their opening line, which is, <laughs> which is interesting because, of course, now I guess it – I was the only person saying it at the start. It's both good and bad because, you know, the other candidates identify that as a as a problem now. But, um, yeah, to an extent, you, you do question whether it's, whether it's genuine or not. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's the unfortunate part. How much of um, climate change conversation is going on uh, in the, uh, in the, from the mural candidates? <clears throat> I believe that every candidate says that climate change should be an issue. Um, it's just, I guess, suppose how much they, they believe that that it should be because, um, yeah, there's kind of, it, it does come up. It, it comes up in, in pretty much all of the forums. It's just everyone has a different opinion on how to get there and I suppose, yeah, how much needs to be done. Of course, uh, here in Dunedin, we've got a very ambitious um 2030 uh, zero carbon goal, which is which is great. Um, yeah, but I know that there are some that I don't think that they would agree with um, that goal. Actually, there is one. One of our candidates does not believe climate change exists, which has been quite, um, yeah, quite, quite interesting. To it's not really interesting. It's been it's quite. I feel like to an extent we've got misinformation with some of the candidates, which which is quite hard, especially surrounding climate change. We had uh, somebody today, actually we had a couple of people today say that climate change was, a, you know, not real and all the rest of it. And I don't usually try for anything funny because I'm quite a serious person, but today yeah. I stood up and said climate change doesn't actually care if you don't believe in it. <laughs> and, and, and everybody laughed and I just thought, That's oh, that was that was actually yeah. a nice way to, to, to overcome that awkwardness of that because everybody in the room, particularly this is in a place called Matata, that had this this terrible climate change related uh, weather event happen, which wiped out a, a you know a whole section of the town, 
And wow, yeah. and I just thought, wow, if I was going to be saying I didn't believe in climate change, I'd be picking a different audience from the one that just got desperately affected by it. Yeah. Oh, I do. I do find it interesting, especially with some of these forums. Of course, certain candidates do do I guess tailor them to certain audiences. But uh, yeah, I, it is interesting, especially with uh, when we were in South Dunedin somewhere, and um, it, there's there's a lot of flood problems in South Dunedin, and the the fact that certain candidates don't believe that well, yeah, um, that climate change is a thing, I feel like contradicts contradicts some things sometimes, yeah. Which is then it's just I I don't really understand how some people against all the evidence can can, can be like that. <laughs> Yeah, that's very frustrating. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui ki a koutou ko tahuahau. I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. And I really hope wherever you are and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day who you are a triumph of nature's art perfect unique and here making things better thank you now as we all know we are co-evolving with all life in an infinite web and as a species we're constantly learning and we're constantly drawing inspiration from our relations in the living world And I know for myself, this is the realm that gives me the most hope and joy and healing and excitement. It is the natural world and the human world has many, many wonderful, wonderful aspects to it. But for me personally, I feel we must use all of these great tools and all the creativity that we possess to serve the living world, to serve the natural world. And as I talk to you now, I'm driving out to my heart's home workplace, Otakanoa Eco Sanctuary. It's a beautiful day. There's mist lying on the hills. The sea is shining and sparkling. It's very, very beautiful. And the sense of beauty and the sense of connection that I think we can feel is so sustaining. When we see the beauty around us, it reminds us of the beauty within us and our capability to perceive and celebrate beauty. This is such a a gift that we all have. And of course, working in an eco-sanctuary, there's so many layers to it when we go inside a space that's dedicated to love and we go inside a space that's dedicated to protection of our precious native species. And that is the culmination of the hard work of so many hundreds of thousands of people. Today, I have the wonderful geography department coming to visit me so I'll be talking to them about how it began as a dream in 2001 just an idea and how all of these people working together made that dream come true so inspirational to me so I really hope that for you you're seeing examples around yourself of the positive impact that we can all have And you're seeing examples around yourself of that ability that we have to envision something and to create it, which is a very special ability. And this can happen, of course, on many different levels. It can be envisioning a nice salad for lunch or whatever it might be. It can be 
envisioning an artwork, it can be envisioning a conversation, it can be really anything. We have this limitless imagination. And of course our imagination needs food, just like the rest of us. And as much as we can to nurture and nourish our, our imagination, to support it, to encourage it, the better. I know that uh, one aspect of being alive can be comparison and this is so unhelpful at times because we're all uniquely experiencing reality and we're all uniquely returning those observations in creative form. So the best thing that we can do in terms of looking at other people's work and what they have sent out into the universe is to be inspired and to be grateful to know that we too are doing these things in our own way and to give ourselves what we need. So I really hope that for you, you're able to give yourself lots of love and support today, lots of creative inspiration, lots of opportunities to feel joy and connection, to feel a sense of oneness with the lives that surround you and to have a sense of how far you've come. The last two and a half years have been so hard and here we are finding ourselves emerging into yet another permutation of reality and it's important that we're kind to ourselves and each other. So thank you to Sam and the whole Blown Bubbles team for having me and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Jet Groszynski. Jet, if you were talking to somebody who was going to do exactly what you've done and stand as a young person in uh, in your local politics, what advice would you give based on what you've just been through? I think the biggest thing would be to make sure that you've got a, a good a, both a good team and a good support system like um I, I made sure that was the first thing that i made sure to do was to make sure that i had a good support system because i uh, before running i i do, was talking with sophie hanford the Cavity coast district councillor um and that was the that was the main thing that she recommended because especially because it's a it's a big workload and i think next time if i were to do this again i'd make sure that i had a had a bigger team than and then what, what i do now but the support system in particular just making sure that you've got a support system and a team and to delegate where possible because it doesn't take there's a lot and you can it's very easy to get overwhelmed with everything that's going on do you think that we've got it right with the voting age at 18 um i i personally think that the voting age should be 16 um yeah uh, i think that it's considering a everything else kind of applies to you at the age of 16. Um, I think it makes sense that you're allowed to have a say in what's going on at the age of 16 as well. Yeah. Do you think that that, um, that we should just open the whole voting system up so that it's we change 18 to 16, or do you think that we should have a like a separate youth vote so that it, so that it can really be clear that this is where our youth are at in their thinking? Right. I've never thought about that. Is this like, would, would this be the equivalent of like a 
youth board kind of thing or is this yeah like... kind of i'm just got this idea growing in my brain at the moment that yeah actually... I, I what you mean oh uh, yeah no i i think that i mean that that would be a great way of making sure that there was that that representation on all of the uh councils and um uh yeah the both local and central government i i think yeah no, i i would agree with that yeah does Dunedin have a youth council yes it does um, yeah, it does have a, a, a. We actually had a forum yesterday at the Dunedin Youth Council, um, which is uh, "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire?" <laughs> <laughs> which is, uh, yeah, no, that, that was good fun. It was nice talking to, um, yeah, nice talking to some, yeah, some people who are, I guess young people. It's it can be hard at times to to engage them in politics, but there were a lot of people who are absolutely interested and given the opportunity, they would. Um, get involved with uh, politics, yeah. Where do you think they're at at the moment in terms of, you know, what are the things that really matter to to our youth right now? <clears throat> there's, there's, a, there's a lot of things um, within the... I think the biggest thing that every um, everyone that I've talked to uh, talks about, no, no matter who they are, they're, they're all... Their, their major issue that they see that New Zealand and both yeah both central and local government will be facing is climate change um, and I think especially youth they, they can see the issue that, that was there like especially because I was one of the students that uh, striked um, again uh, the, with the school strikes for climate change over the last few years which has been which has been quite uh, an amazing um, effort that's been done globally um and of course sophie hanford was the one that uh, set it up for new zealand and it's i think it's be climate change and making sure that youth are actually being heard because often i know even within the um with within the university community a lot of them feel like they don't quite have the the right to vote like they don't know enough that they shouldn't have their voice heard which is absolutely not the case like you 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 should be engaged in um you should have that civic engagement and making sure that you have that say because otherwise it's going unheard and it will continue to go unheard yeah here in the eastern bay of plenty we have two um, groups of our community who it's just so difficult to get engaged first is youth yeah. and second is maori from a maori perspective it's hard to get engaged because for the longest time, whenever we have engaged, it has not made any difference. Yeah. You know, Māori voice has been ignored so much, which is difficult in a scenario we have at the moment where the Māori economy is feeding so much into the, you know, into the general space. Yeah. And the other one is getting our youth engaged. And, and I often wonder if it's for pretty much the same reason. We say, oh, we want you to engage and we want to hear what you have to say. And then we completely disregard it and do what we want to do anyway. Oh, absolutely. Like with I mean, even throughout this campaign, um, it, it's been quite interesting because there are some people who it seems are interested in getting someone. They seemed interested in voting for me before I spoke <laughs> and actually said the issues that, um, cause I've just been trying to engage with as much youth in particular as possible to just convince them to vote really and um, get involved. And a lot of the time they, I guess they, they don't like 
what I what I've had to say. I which of course I've been making sure that I haven't been pushing my own, uh, my own agenda. It's just been trying to um, talk about what they. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about the issues that they've brought up. So, um, and there are a few common ones that do just keep on coming up, which is what I've been trying to present. Um, yeah, and as a yeah. as a younger person, can you tell me where is your nearest post box? Nearest post box. Yes, because you're going to get your ballot paper in the letterbox and you're going to yeah. fill out your voting form and then you've got to go and find a post box to put that in. Do you know where there is one near where you live? That That's quite bad. No, I don't. <laughs> no. Yeah, oh. I, I, I wouldn't have a, yeah, have a clue exactly where. I know that there are some voting places which they're putting on campus specifically for this, but... Um, other than that, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a clue with it with the post box, which I, I think shows a lot. <laughs> yeah. And and I think that's going to be a significant barrier because we used to have post boxes everywhere, but like I don't even know where there is one. I know there's one in our little township of Kopiopio, but I don't know where there's one around my house because the one that was there is now gone. And it's going to be really interesting to see the impact of that. Oh, it really is. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even think about that. Oh, we did have a problem in um, Dunedin where um, one of the I think PO boxes. Uh, yeah, place with the or oh, one of our post boxes. I can't remember where it was in Dunedin. It it got destroyed. With I think it got crashed into, um, and. The mayor was very adamant on we need to replace it, especially considering uh, we've got a postal voting system for this election, because it, it didn't look like they were going to until the mayor actually did get involved and um, made sure to made, made sure that New Zealand Post was going to replace that. Yeah. Do you see that we're ever going to get um, digital voting? Like, is that is that something that people are talking about in Dunedin? I mean, I feel like. Rumor, uh, students, uh, the, the less barriers that there are, of course, the more likely they are to vote. So, I mean, if it were to ever get to a digital point, I mean, I think that they're, I mean, especially within the student population, they'd be significantly more uh, likely to vote, uh, that they don't have to think as much. Um, and the, yeah. the cynical part of my brain tells me that that's by design. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I am going to squeeze in the second of your music choices. Let's have the Beatles. Let it be. Why this one? Um, well, this song, it's something that my dad used to always listen to, and I suppose it just reminds me of my childhood and just all those good times that I that I had with, with the family. Yeah. <laughs> In times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Whisper words of wisdom, let it 
When we were in lockdown, people were talking about it being a time of reset, an opportunity for a Rahui or for a regeneration or something. Do you think we've actually done that? Have we taken that seriously, taken that opportunity? Well, I think it kind of showed that overnight things could change. Like, um, I mean... The fact is that I, there are a lot of jobs now where you know that you can work from home and that we, which, and like, I think overnight carbon emissions dropped and I think the vibrations of the earth significantly decreased with, when all, when the entire world was going into lockdown. I think it kind of showed how quickly things can change and that we can take action on different things and that it can have be much faster than what we what we've been used to and i guess no one it's never been quite visualized that that it could even happen i realize that for you it's an experiment without a control 
But do you think your cohort of people that have gone through this disruption through the top end of high school and through tertiary study, are you going to be thinking differently about your careers? Yeah, um, I suppose I, 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 there are some people that uh, we've got some, I think we're, I've got a family friend who um, I think has done her entire degree uh, in Australia without ever going on campus, which was quite quite an experience, I guess. Um, I guess the social aspect of things might, might be a bit different, but um, I'm not entirely sure i mean career-wise i think we might all look at more remote working from home kind of jobs but yeah i i'm not entirely sure if it would change particularly much yeah <laughs> for older people there's certainly been an emphasis on family and on not so much a work-life balance but but realizing that that family and place and stuff actually comes first do you think you're yeah. seeing that too Oh, uh, no, absolutely. I, I think that was one of the biggest things that I took away from um, the lockdown was just that family is much more important than everything that everything else that's going on, like especially when you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and in reality, we none of us know um, what's going to happen tomorrow. And just, I guess, putting priorities, uh, putting your, your family first and then... Um, Making sure that, yeah, just making sure that you've got your family first. <laughs> we have seen lots of changes in society over the last couple of years. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? I mean, I hope that the the whole, um, I guess, when we've got, I mean, with the working from home thing, um, making sure that we can work from home but especially because it seemed that a lot of jobs it did seem like that there was the ability to work from home just it was never going to be realized uh, whether that was in their interest or um they just never realized that it was possible i i hope that that, that sticks and i hope that it kind of it just well shows the progress that we can make especially to do with climate change that we could that quite quickly we can make change if we actually intend on yeah as a country we can quite quickly make change if we're all collectively working together how do we balance the sorts of questions thinking about climate change yeah people it's too easy to think climate change is something which is happening in the future and that immediate problems such as we don't have enough car parks kind of bulldoze that out of the way how do we find space for for both of those things? Well, I think I in Dunedin, in Dunedin, it really is having that long term focus, and I suppose uh, like at the moment um, within the council's uh, decision making, the two overarching things is the uh, sustainability and climate change, and the Treaty of Waitangi, um, and it is, I suppose, we need to have an increased um, investment and in, I suppose alternative ways of um, transport which naturally would also alleviate um, some of the problems with parking if there is less um, demand for it yeah as yeah I guess it's it's making sure to address the long-term issues and what the long-term impact will be of 
a certain short-term decisions to um which will i guess i guess looking at that opportunity cost of of well, what what you're giving up by doing this in the long run yeah um and making sure that we're not just keeping people happy in the short term yeah and i think it was i've forgotten who i'm, I'm quoting here but somebody said that we need to we need people to understand that it's a better life not a lesser life to, we, yeah. we too often position the sustainable space as you can't, but actually yeah. it should be an enabler. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I have some questions to end the show, and oops, not very much time, so we're going to have to wriggle. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Biggest success? Um, I sir. I suppose it would just be. I mean, on a, on a personal level, it, it it would just be this what I'm doing right now. Like I, I never thought that I would ever get to this point, um, where it, even even just the fact of standing and going through this entire process has just been amazing. Um, no matter whether or not I'm elected, it's just been it's been an incredible experience, and I suppose just the journey in itself is what I'd consider the success. So we are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's oh, your superpower? What's got you into the mansion? Oh, superpower. Um, I suppose that it's been one of the biggest things for the, for this campaign was just um, making sure that I, I'm listening to people and just making sure that I'm getting out there and that community work and just making sure that everyone's feeling heard. Um, and... Yeah, just making sure, I guess, making sure that every yeah everyone's feeling heard in Dunedin and just trying to be open about it and welcome anyone that wants to talk to uh, yeah that wants to talk to me uh, to do so and just contact me. So, do you consider yourself to be an activist? Uh, I like to think so. Yeah, um, I, I just I that's one of the biggest things that I think on the uh, yeah as mayor or council that i think is a job that you can do you can be in an advocacy role and and yeah uh yeah against uh issues especially even if they even if they you can't directly um yeah even if you can't directly do something in local government you can advocate for a central government um yeah change so what motivates you what gets you out of bed in the morning I think it's just about helping as many people as I possibly can. It's it's been one of the biggest things over the last uh, last few years. I mean, especially with my volunteer work and my entire life. It's one of the big things that my dad's uh, tried to bring us up with was uh, to try and help people any way that we can. And it's yeah one of the main reasons why I've decided to stand. So, what is the biggest challenge or opportunity that you're looking forward to in the next year or so? Um. Biggest challenge or opportunity? Well, I suppose it'd be, is this, oh, if I got elected, well, um, I think the biggest um, challenge would be that just making sure that, um, well, it's not really a challenge, it's the opportunity to make sure that everyone's actually being heard um, in Dunedin and making sure that we're actively on the ground and making sure that we've got that consultation so that everyone that comes to us is being treated with respect and that they feel like that they've had their say and that it actually matters. 
And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Um, I think the biggest thing would just be, um, I suppose, make make sure you do all go out and vote. Um, and I suppose if you ever think that, if you're ever thinking about standing and you're second guessing yourself or something, that you should absolutely do it because we need more candidates to stand up for what they believe in. And we need more good people uh, on the council, actually in any role within both local and central government. Thank you for that. Mawera. Jet, it has been a joy uh, hearing your perspective and about your experience. Thank you for sharing us uh, sharing with us today. Uh, and I think that um, we need more young people like you uh, because you're the future. And so I wish you all the best with the journey ahead. And if you don't get to be elected this time, don't be disheartened by that. Sometimes it just takes a while for people to get to know who you are. And I think that you are a person that everybody should get to know. Well done for what you've done and all the best. Thank, thank you so much. And thanks for the opportunity to speak with you guys. You guys have been, have been great. Thank you. Thank you, Jet. been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic, which itself is brought to you by Tipu Kanga. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is Bucks Fairs. Making your mind up. I'm Samuel Manning, Sawyer's Baden Eden, with Moira Karatai in Fakatani, and also in Dunedin, we've been joined by Jet Groshinsky. That is Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. Marty Wild. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.